Hi, this is Heather Bonham, and you're listening to the Learning Coach Podcast, and this is episode 022. On episode 22, I'm going to share my reflections on my recent travel. So I got back from yesterday, actually, I got back from traveling for about 10 days, and part of the trip was with my daughter's. And part of the trip was with my whole family, including my husband and my son. So the beginning of this trip was to attend the CES conference in Indianapolis, which was a conference for people who have online businesses. And it's presented by Jim Cockrum. I am going to have an affiliate link up for his Proven Amazon course And it will be on my website, but I don't have it yet. So my website is studyskillssurvivalguide.com. I am putting up a Learning Coach podcast website. It's not up yet. Um, And it'll all be tied into Heather Bonham, which also is not done yet. So things are coming this fall. I'm going to have to hire some help because with a new teaching job coming up and all the other things going on, as well as, you know, being a wife and a mom of three teenagers and creating content and all of these things, I have discovered that there are only so many hours in the day. So I'll be hiring some help to get a website uh, together. But in the meantime, you can always email me at info at studyskillssurvivalguide.com. And so the CES conference is for people who have online businesses, primarily for people who sell on Amazon, which I do have a small side business doing that, but I also have my book on Amazon and I have some other books in the works or planned or at least ideas in my head. So I went to the CES conference. I took my daughters. They really didn't attend the conference itself. They attended the lunches with me, but we also did some sightseeing around Indianapolis and just some fun restaurants and went to the mall and went to the movies. And so we had some girl time and we did that as a drive. So we drove from New York to Indy and that was a very long full day drive. I stop a lot when we drive. And so one daughter says, oh, you stop every two hours. And the other daughter likes to stop. So I stop a lot. Um, But I went to that conference. That was uh, several days. And then from there, drove from Indianapolis to Kansas City. My husband and son flew in there. We picked them up. We drove to my parents' house in Missouri and spent time with them. Went down to Branson. Had a couple of really fun days in Branson where I'm convinced that it's entirely impossible to be bored in Branson, Missouri. Now, for those of you who are from the East Coast, the West Coast, the South, if you really don't understand the Midwest and the Southern Midwest, you might think there's nothing there. My oldest daughter said, you know, her friends have no concept of why anyone would go to any part of the middle of the United States because they don't know what it is. They look at those states as flyover states. So we go on vacations to the Midwest. We have family there. We go to Minnesota every summer. We go to Missouri every summer. Um, You know, we have family kind of all over in the Midwest. And so that's where we grew up, my husband and I. 
Uh, and the kids always go on vacation to see grandparents and cousins and do all these different fun things. So if you have no idea what's available in the Midwest, you, you have to go. There's oh great stuff to do, great food, fun, music, shows, all kinds of stuff. So this podcast is kind of a little recap. Episode 22 here is kind of a recap of things that I learned on the trip, a few lessons from the trip. So then after we had all the fun, the guys flew back home and the girls and I, of course, had to drive because we had the car and that was a two day drive. Um, that's, that's a lot of time in the car with teenagers, but they did pretty well. So anyway, without further ado, reflections on travel. There are three things that I wanted to share that really stuck with me and will stick with me throughout the trip. And as the Learning Coach podcast, I'm all about life lessons. I'm all about what I learn in my daily life and what lessons I can share with those of you who are lifelong learners as well. So whether you're in school or not, I think these are good life lessons and and good takeaways from my time traveling. And I want to share those with you today. So lesson one is... The kindness or or takeaway one is the kindness of strangers. Now, I know we all have to be safe when we're traveling, especially when we are women traveling with when it was just the girls and I. Of course, we have to be safe. Of course, we have to be safe. We have to be aware of our surroundings. We have to tune in to our gut instincts. And what I believe is also the prompting of the Holy Spirit or of God and we do have to listen to those things and, and be in safe situations and think about what we're doing. You know, don't just be dumb and think everybody's wonderful because I know they're not. But the kindness of strangers came up over and over in this trip. It was almost funny by the end of the trip. I'm going to give you three examples. One is we accidentally killed the car battery. So we were parking in the hotel. They have a parking garage. It's expensive, but I thought, well, it's super convenient to park there and it's safe. And, you know, I I just felt like it was good to park in their, their designated parking garage. So we did that. The battery had been giving my husband some problems. He had switched out the battery and then switched it back to the old battery. And it seemed to be great. So it was driving great. It started great every single time for me. So we, okay, everything's fine. But we left a phone charger plugged into the little cigarette port thing on the car. And the phone charger just has a little LED light on it. So I didn't think anything of it, but we didn't go back to the car for a couple days until we were ready to go out on the town and go to this really cool ice cream place. And so We go to get in the car in the parking garage and it doesn't start. It's dead. And I have a travel battery pack. So I was able to get it started. And then the battery seemed to be charging up. But the next time we stopped to the car, it was dead, 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 dead. So then the battery pack that I use to jump, it's like a little jump start battery pack. Always good to have one of those when you're traveling, right? But it had been depleted because I'd used it. I I know I wasn't thinking. So what I should have done immediately is gone to get a new battery. But anyway, um, 
have a AAA card called AAA. They came out and jump-started me again. Everything was good. We go to purchase a battery. This particular car has a very, very strange battery system. It's very difficult to install the battery. It's not like a normal battery. And so we were FaceTiming my husband and he was telling me how to do it. Blah, blah, blah. I needed a certain tool. We had tools in the car, but I needed this certain like little extension bar. So I'm at the auto place and this guy and woman drive up, park next to us. And actually they parked one space over because there was this, a, a space in between us because I had the car door open and I was, you know, changing the battery and all these things. So the guy, and I, I just could tell that they were nice. And that's all I can say. I could tell they were normal, nice people. I know that sometimes there are bad, crazy people out there and maybe they can fool you. But I, my gut instinct was these were nice people. We were parked in front of the auto place. It was at night, however, but you know, the, all the, they were open, all the lights were on. There were several customers in and out. So we were in a pretty safe area, but the guy said, Hey, are you a mechanic? And he was joking. And you know, the, the woman was sitting right there with the window rolled down. And I said, no, but I'm trying to be, I said, I need this piece and I don't have it to attach to the wrench, an extension piece. And he's like, Oh, they they'll have it inside. They'll lend it to you. And he marched right in and had them lend me what I needed. And he said, okay, are you good now? Yeah, I'm good now. And he took off. He didn't even go into the store and buy anything. He just had stopped because he saw that I needed a little help. That was, you know, guardian angel, so to speak. I know it's not really an angel, but guardian angel, number one, human guardian angel, number one. Then I had to carry the old battery in to get the recycling refund. Now, if you don't know how heavy some car batteries can be, let me tell you, they're heavy, heavy, heavy. And there happened to be some teenagers and this one kid just said, oh, I'll carry that for you. And he carried it in. So guardian angel number two, right, right there, right when I needed them, they were there. So the car, by the way, is great now because I changed the battery. Go me. Second uh, situation where the kindness of strangers came out was that I was, we were going to a theme park in Branson called Silver Dollar City. Again, wonderful entertainment for everybody. The whole family loves it. The grandparents love it. The, the, the adults love it. The, the kids, you know, love it. So we were going there and a woman came up to us, a little bit older woman, but not elderly, was with a friend, came up to us as we were approaching the entrance gate and said, oh, I have a free pass if somebody needs it. And I also have some discount tickets and they expire on a certain date and I can't use them all. I would certainly be glad to have one of you get in for free and, and use the other discount tickets for the rest of your tickets that you need. And it worked out perfectly. It was exactly what we needed. Uh, it was wonderful. And she just did that out of the kindness of her heart, didn't expect a penny and I still never got her name. I chit-chatted with her and I didn't even get her name, but I appreciated her so much. I actually gave her a hug and that was just somebody who out of the blue was right there at the right place at the right time and it ended up saving a ton of money and it was just somebody who was kind, the kindness of strangers. And then another thing happened. So we were going to stay in a hotel as I said, my husband and son were flying out of Kansas City. 
So when we left my parents' house, they had a morning flight later in the morning, but we needed to spend the night near the airport the night before. So my oldest daughter got on her phone, got on one of the travel apps and was booking a hotel room for us. Now, what we needed was a hotel that had like a suite or a pullout couch, you know, like the family suites where there are a couple of double beds and then a pullout couch because there are five of us. And what she, usually she can figure that out on the app, but whatever happened, um, it didn't, it didn't have that. So we get nice hotel, we get to the hotel and it's like 11 o'clock at night and the girl at the front, the, my daughters and I go to check in. My husband and my son have the car. They're going to park the car and, you know, get our stuff. And the lady at the front desk was so, so lovely. And I said to her, um, I, 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 do you have a rollaway bed? I need an extra bed. We have five people and we got it on the app. I, you know, I guess we couldn't ask for the rollaway bed on the app. And she said, we actually don't have those. We don't have rollaway beds. So your room would just have two double beds. She said, and she looked at me and I know she knew I was tired. And I kind of looked at my daughters. They said that I was trying to be, uh, cause guilt in the staff. And I, I didn't mean to cause guilt, but I just was trying to kind of say to my girls, oh, I'm not sure where everyone's going to sleep tonight. And the lady was so nice. And she said, the particular room, she goes, let me give you adjoining rooms free of charge. She said, there's a handicapped, except I can't talk, handicap accessible room. Apparently by 11 o'clock at night, since no one had booked that room, she just figured it wouldn't be booked for the night. So one room is a handicap accessible room. And it has next to it an adjoining room where you can either lock the doors or open them to have kind of a double, you know, double rooms. And she said, I'll just, you, you pay for the one room, but I'll give you the handicap room next to it for free. And then you'll have plenty of beds for everybody. I have never had someone at a hotel do that. It was, I I couldn't believe it. I was like, thank you so much. She did that for us. So when we got to the rooms, the kids had a room with two double beds and the adjoining room, when we opened up the doors, had a king size bed and a whole other bathroom, whole other bathroom. So now here we are and we, we have this enormous family suite and no extra charge. And I, again, gosh, I was so remiss. I didn't write down her name to, to thank her. But when the app asks us to give a review, of course, we'll give a a great review of that hotel. I have to remind my daughter to do that. Um, but another thing where it was the kindness of strangers and it just, it almost became like funny by the end of the trip. I'm like, just all the wonderful people that we encountered and all the wonderful things that people did for us. And it's just a reminder that if you're open to it, I, I know, again, we have to be safe in today's world, but if you're open to it, there are some really wonderful people. There really are. So all of that was the first lesson. Now, the other two lessons that I learned from the trip or the takeaways are going to go much quicker. So don't worry, it's not going to be a 40-minute episode. Um, But the first lesson was the kindness of strangers. The second one is share what you know. 
So when I was at the CES conference, the Amazon and online business conference, they really encouraged all of us to share what we can with others. Even if you don't feel like you're an expert, even if you are new somewhat to a business or to a class or to anything, really, you always have a little more knowledge than someone else or a little more experience or a little more understanding than someone else. You always, everyone always has something they can share. I'm sharing with you through the Learning Coach podcast. I'm sharing through my book, Study Skills Survival Guide. I have other things. I have so much more that I want to share. And you have things to share too. And if you're listening to this, you are one of a kind. You're the only you. And you have something to share. And I don't know what it is, but it's something that only you can share. People at that CES conference were awesome. The benefits of going to a live event cannot be underestimated. I I can't tell you enough how important it is once in a while to go to some kind of a live conference or a live event because the people you will meet make it so worthwhile. It's valuable to watch YouTube content or listen to podcasts and read books. It, It is valuable. It's worthwhile to get a virtual ticket and watch a conference, but It is nothing like the experience of meeting people and hearing their stories and learning from them. I met some wonderful people, people I would like to keep in touch with at this conference. It was outstanding and people shared their stories and they shared from a very humble place. They shared from a genuine place. There was a woman who spoke, Carolyn McFall, and she has a book out um, from homeless to homeowner in 12 years. And she shared her story about really starting from no money and just a a very stressful place in her life. And she built a business that can support her and her family, but it took her 12 years. The stories that people have to share, I mean, they're amazing. And, And these people may not be complete in their journey. Maybe they are when you go to a conference and they're, you know, they're speakers or they're um, people who are brought up on stage and recognized, but a lot of people, they're, they're still in, in the middle of their journey, but they're farther along than someone else. Or at least they've, you know, if you're six months into any kind of a journey, if you're in your second semester of college, you can speak to someone who's just starting out. If you are married for five years, yeah, it's not 30 years, but five years is a lot. You can speak to young people who are engaged and speak encouragement to them. If you're somebody who has just started a faith journey, you can speak to someone who's thinking about it or who has questions. So you don't have to be an expert. You don't have to know everything and you don't have to be at the end of your journey. I'm not at the end of my learning journey, although I might be at the end of my college journey. At this point, you know, I don't know if I will go back and look for that work for that PhD. I don't know. I thought about it years ago, but now I'm at a place when I have one in college, one who will be in college in another year. And then, you know, in a few years have another one in college. And so I don't know that my college is a priority anymore. 
I have two master's degrees. I have additional hours on top of that. I have a lot of college and I love college and I love learning, but I think my learning is probably going to be more now in terms of courses and seminars and live events that I attend and less in terms of formal education and sitting in a classroom or taking those online classes. Um, That's probably not what I'm going to be doing at this point in my life because um, I've done it and I've really achieved most of what I wanted to. I wanted to go back. I wanted to get that teaching degree. I wanted to be able to get in the classroom and I've been able to do that. Now, the teaching that I want to do is a little bit different kind of teaching in addition, of course, to my classroom teaching, but you know, my podcast is a form of teaching. I will teach people one-on-one and do personal coaching, or I'll do seminars or things like that and present that kind of teaching. And that doesn't require a PhD. What it really requires is for me to just be a little bit farther along on my journey and maybe a couple of steps up on a ladder so I can reach down and pull somebody else up, help them up steady their steps a little bit. And the the visual that comes to me is Dunn's River Falls. Now, Dunn's River Falls, a lot of you may know what it is. And if you've ever been to Jamaica, and if you've ever been on a cruise, that's one of the highlight little side trips that people take. So I've been there twice. And Dunn's River Falls, it is a waterfall in Jamaica But it is a very gentle waterfall. It isn't steep like the tradition. It's not like Niagara Falls, right? It is a waterfall that if you've never seen it, you need to Google the pictures of it. You can walk up this waterfall. So it's it's like a slope instead of up straight up and down. And it's beautiful. So it's kind of like a cross between a stream or a river and a waterfall. And there are certain places to step and you have a guide because you need to know where to step, but people hold hands and as they go up, they help keep each other steady to walk up these falls. It's just a super cool side trip. And like I said, I've done it a couple of times and it is touristy and they do try to sell you necklaces and stuff when you're there, but you know, photos and all of that, but it is really fun. It's really cool. But the thing with Dunn's River Falls is it really makes me think about this lesson, this takeaway of share what you know, because the guides know where to step. They've been up the falls a million times. But the tourists, the person that you're holding hands with, they don't really know. They're following the guide, but they are only a step or two ahead of you. And, you know, you're a step or two of the person ahead of the person behind you, but you're holding hands and you're helping each other up. So... Most of those people have never been there before, or maybe once. They're not experts, but we're helping each other. So we're all successful. The other thing that Jim Cockrum says a lot, and I like it, and it also applies, is he says success, it's more like candlelight instead of cake. In other words, and this is, this is Jim Cockrum um, saying this, it's not my saying, but I love it. If you're successful, if you know something and you light a candle, that light can be shared by whoever's nearby. Whereas if you put a cake on a plate and you set it down on the table and you slice it, everybody has to grab their slice, but then it's gone. And some people might not even get a slice because there wouldn't be enough. 
But it, but if you share what you know, and it's more like candlelight, everyone can share something. Everyone has a little bit. There's plenty to go around and you don't have to fight for a piece of it. You know, just be near it. And so I really like that. So that was takeaway number two, share what you know. And then number three is eat dessert first. And number three comes directly from spending time with my mom. So when we were with my parents, we went to this buffet restaurant and everybody likes the buffet because everyone can get what they want, right? So my mom had gotten stir fry. They have stir fry. They have like a stir fry station. You pick out what you want and the guy makes it at the stir fry station, but you have to wait a while because it obviously has to be cooked. So my dad was waiting at the stir fry station. He was going to bring their plates over to the table and my mom goes and gets her dessert. So she gets a little, it was sugar-free, little chocolate mousse, like in a little cup. Then she gets a little dish of vanilla ice cream and she brings them back to the table and her coffee was sitting at the table. So she sits down. Now my kids are cracking up because they, they, most of them by this point, most of us had our plates of food or our salad or whatever we were getting first. My, my son was still waiting for his stir fry and my dad is waiting to pick up his plate and my mom's plate. So my mom sits down and she proceeds to take scoops of her vanilla ice cream or like spoonfuls and put it in her coffee to cool it off and make it sweet. And she starts eating the chocolate mousse. And my daughters are cracking up that grandma is doing this. And she said, well, I like, I like the ice cream and the coffee. So I'm just going to have that first. And then she had the chocolate mousse that she was snacking on while she was waiting for my dad to bring the stir fry. And I loved that. I loved it because that's just so my mother, she likes ice cream. And, um, but it was so funny because my girls are like, grandma is, grandma is like the best, like grandma rocks because she's doing this. But I thought, what a lesson. Like when you get to a certain age and stage in life, eat what you want to eat first. Don't save the best for last. And isn't that true in so many other areas of life? It's true. Think about it. If you have a list of books that you wanted to read this summer and you didn't get to all of them, pick what you want to do first. Just pick what you want first. I was saying that to one of my kids. They they were debating between a couple of choices. I said, just pick the one you want to do first. It's not saying that you can't ever do the second one, right? Or the third one or the fourth one. It's just choose first and do that first. Eat dessert first. It's fine once in a while to do that. If you have a business idea and you have 10 things that you want to, that you want to do, like if I have 10 books that I want to write, just pick the one that I want to work on first and focus on that. It just holds true in so many areas and it kind of is freeing to realize that, to say, eat dessert first. I was listening. I like to follow the uh, hiking YouTube videos. She goes backpacking. Her name is Dixie on the trail name is Dixie. Her real name is Jessica and her YouTube page is called Homemade Wanderlust and she goes on these long, long distance trips, something that I would love to hike the Camino de Santiago in Europe, but the American trails, I would do maybe short, short pieces of them, but I don't think that I would ever do a three to six month hike. 
but she does. And I just, I like her videos. She's very engaging and it's just fun to watch. And she has great photography skills. And so you get to see all these great nature pictures and animal videos and all these cool things that she sees on her hikes and her adventures. So anyway, on homemade wanderlust, one time she said that someone told her to, uh, when she has like, they, they have to supply their food in town and then take it out on the trail. So it might have to last them five days or more before they get back to a store. So she said, someone told her always eat your favorite meal first. And then that way you're always eating your favorite. Meaning if you have five days worth of food in your backpack, and most of us certainly don't live that way, but if you have five days worth of food in your backpack and you think you're going to save your favorite, she said, don't do that. Always eat what you're hungry for at that moment. What looks the best to you, the most appetizing, because they need the calories. They need the food when they're on trail. Don't eat the thing that you don't really want at that moment. Eat, eat your favorite at that moment. And I thought that seems so simple and so basic, but think about it. You, you need to go for what you want. And whether it's food or writing a book or going back to school, you know, what classes do you want to take next semester? Bringing it back to, to learning in college. Whatever it is that's your favorite at that moment or the thing that you're interested in, do that now. We tell our kids, study what you want to study. And if it changes five years from now, that's okay. Take the job that you want to take now. I, we, I see too many people and I've heard too many stories about people who did what they thought they should do in terms of college, in terms of learning, but it wasn't really what they were interested in. Now, I know we all make fun of, we say, oh, there are so many people who have degrees in German polka dancing or underwater basket weaving, and those are useless degrees. Yes and no. If by useless, you mean they aren't going to lead to a well-paying, lucrative career, you're probably right. And hopefully those people can figure out some side jobs and some things to do or, you know, actual paying career. But if by useless, you mean totally not with it, with value, that isn't true because people are taking those classes because they're interested in those things. They want to grow. They want to learn. So there is value. Now, I would never encourage anybody to go and take a bunch of student loans out to get a degree in German polka dancing or underwater basket weaving, because I think financially that's going to be a complete and total disaster. Never, ever take out loans for things like that, ever, because you don't plan to get a well-paying job based on those things. But if you want to take a, a class here and there, do what, you know, eat dessert first. Take those classes that interest you. Those things that spark your imagination, because that will encourage you in your learning journey and in life. Not to get a degree in those things, not to borrow money for those things, but certainly give yourself some of that dessert for your mind as well. So this has been a little bit of a longer episode, but I promised we wouldn't go too long. So I'm going to wrap it up here. Again, those three takeaways from my travels were number one, the kindness of strangers, Number two, share what you know. And number three, eat dessert first. With that, I'll say goodbye to you. The end of episode 22 of the Learning Coach podcast. 
you can always email me at info at studyskillssurvivalguide.com. And until next time, have a great week and take care.